Welcome to the Awake Podcast. I'm Noelle Yates, and this is my very first podcast. So I can't tell you how excited I am that you have chosen to join me today. I'm an author, I'm an advocate, and I'm a mother, and I currently serve as the Vice President of World Help, a Christian humanitarian organization that works all around the world, providing help for today and hope for tomorrow. World Help is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, and really, I've been there almost every step of the way. But my journey, um, my journey towards really living my life awake started long before my work at World Help, and that's really where I want to start today. That's what I want to talk about in this very first podcast. I want to go back to the beginning uh, to help you understand why I chose this title, Awake, and hopefully to maybe inspire you and interest you to continue to follow along this journey with me. But in order to go back to the beginning, I have to go back to a little boy, a little boy named Neildo that changed everything. I met Neildo when I was just a teenager on the streets of Brazil. Uh, My dad at the time was working at a university and part of his role there was to lead the college students on mission trips. And so this particular summer, he decided to take my family with him. And my sister and I, we were uh, just teenagers, probably some of the youngest ones in the group, but we were so excited to be a part of this trip. And one of the things that we would do every day, we were based in Rio, and the college students would set up at this place called the Boat Docks. And this was a place where hundreds of thousands of people traveled to and from work every day by ferry. So about every 30 to 45 minutes, thousands of people would be dumped off into the boat docks. So the students set up on the back of this flatbed trailer right in the middle of boat docks where they could draw a crowd. And they cranked up the music as loud as they could and they sang music in Portuguese and and drawed a big crowd. And my dad at the end of the program would give a gospel presentation and literally hundreds of people would come to Christ through this. Well, my sister and I, since we were the youngest ones in the group, our job was to kind of roam through the crowd and hand out some Christian literature. And one day as we were doing that, we stumbled across this little boy. He had no shoes on. All he was wearing was a dirty pair of underwear. And through an interpreter, we found out that his name was Neildo. We also found out that he was a street child, one of the millions of street children living there in Brazil at the time. In fact, some analysts say that at this time there could have been as many as 7 million street children in Brazil. Nildo's father had abandoned him. His mother was simply too poor to take care of him. And this adorable little five-year-old boy was literally living on the streets, taking care of himself. But we immediately fell in love with him and we wanted to do so much to help him. So I remember we ran and we got my dad and and asked if we could have some money to, to give him some food and some new clothes. And my dad was busy taking care of the college students. So he sent us away with one of our missionary friends who was helping us that week. And we went down to the local shopping mall where they had McDonald's because McDonald's is everywhere. And I remember we bought him a Happy Meal. And he ate that food like he had never eaten before, especially never had a Happy Meal before. And then we went and picked him out some clothes. 
And I remember it was the 80s, so he picked out a bright yellow jogging suit and brand new white Nike tennis shoes. And I remember he was so dirty that I, I didn't want to slip those shoes on his feet and his dirty feet. So I took him to the bathroom and I set him up on the counter and I was wiping off his feet and I couldn't help but notice that it was almost as if his feet were slightly deformed because he had roamed the streets his whole life without any shoes. But when I slipped those shoes on his feet, he stuck his foot out and said over and over again in Portuguese, shoes, shoes, shoes. He was so excited. He had never had his own pair of shoes before. We spent the whole day with Nildo getting to know him and playing with him and never really thought what we were going to do at the end of the day when we had to pack up and leave. And sure enough, it started to get dark and the police in the area were uh, concerned that this flatbed trailer that our team had set up on was blocking traffic and they wanted us to pack up and get out of the way. And before we knew it, everybody was packed up and on the bus headed to the hotel. And there was little Neil, though, standing on the street in his bright yellow jogging suit, waving goodbye. Well, by this time, the whole group had met Nildo and fallen in love with him and everybody's crying. And my sister and I are up at the front of the bus in my dad's ear saying, Dad, we cannot leave him here. What can we do? And the whole way back to the, um, back to the hotel, we talked to my dad. And we got back there. My dad was able to make a few phone calls. And he found out that there was a Christian children's home nearby that was willing to take Nildo in. And the cost would be about $400 a year. So my dad gathered the group together and he told them the good news. And he literally just took the hat off of his head and started to pass it around to take a collection. We have to remember these were college students and they didn't have a lot of money on the trip to begin with, but this was the end of the trip. So they maybe had a little bit for some small souvenirs and maybe some snacks, but we still passed that hat around. And I remember while that hat was being passed around, there was a pastor with us, a Brazilian pastor that had been working with us that week, a nice man, well-meaning man. But when he saw what we were doing, he leaned over and he said, why are you going to all this trouble? Why are you going to all this trouble to help this one child? Do you know how many street children there are in the country of Brazil? There is no way that you can make a difference. And you know, I've often looked back at that moment in my life and thought about the words of that pastor. Because that pastor was right. There was no way that we could help all the street children in Brazil. But what I've realized is that's not what God was asking me to do that day. God wasn't asking me to help all the street children in, the, in Brazil. He was asking me to help one child. He had put one child in my path and I could make a difference for him. And when the hat was done being passed around, there was over $800, enough to pay to put Nildo in that home for two years. We were so excited. The next day we went back to the exact spot where we left Nildo. We couldn't wait to tell him the good news. But when we got there, we couldn't find him. We searched and searched for what felt like hours. And when we finally found him, his clothes were gone, his shoes were gone, and we found out that he had been beaten up by the older street children for all of the attention that he had been shown. And we knew that day that it was going to take more than a new outfit and new shoes to make a lasting difference in his life. 
And we asked him if he wanted to go live at the children's home, and he said yes. And that day when the group left on the bus, Nildo was with us. Well, the next summer, my dad was able to go back to Brazil. My family wasn't, but we made my dad promise. We're like, Dad, you have to see Nildo. You know, take him this new soccer ball. And we gave him a picture of our family and a Bible that we had all signed and made my dad promise that he would see Nildo and give him these gifts. My dad kept his promise and came home, and a few months later, it was Christmas, and we were all sitting at home when the phone rang, and we answered it, and it was our missionary friend from Brazil, and she said, I have somebody who wants to talk to you, and soon we heard Nildo's voice on the other end, and he said, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and that's all he could say in English, so he got off, and she got back on, and she said, you are never going to believe what I'm going to tell you. She said, I'm in Rio for Christmas, and I am visited the church that we partner with. And she said, they didn't know I was going to be there that day. But when they saw me, they asked me to give a word of greeting. She said, so I'm up on the stage giving the greeting to the congregation. She said, and I hear all this commotion in the balcony. She said, I look up just in time to see this little boy jumping from the balcony onto the main stage and charging towards me. She said, and as I look down, I realize that it's Nildo. And as he comes closer, I realize that in one hand is the Bible that you guys gave him. And on the other hand is the photo of your family. She said, he didn't know I was going to be there that day. He must take it with him everywhere he goes. There's so much more that I could tell you about Nildo's story, how he grew up to be a fine young man and became a Christ follower and ended up working at a children's home helping kids just like him. But whenever I would look at that grown-up picture, that adult picture of Nildo, all I could see was the face of that five-year-old little boy that I had met on the streets of Brazil so many years before. And I couldn't help but wonder what his life would have been like had we not met that day. But as I got older, I started to think about it differently. And I wondered what my life would have been like had we not met that day. And maybe I was the lucky one. You see, meeting Nildo taught me to see the one. It, it taught me not to be overwhelmed by the the needs of our world. It's like Mother Teresa said, if I look at the masses, I will never act. But if I look at the one, I will. Nildo taught me to see the one. And meeting him really set my life on this journey. Maybe a better word is a search or a quest, but really a search to find justice and, and hope in a world that so often seems hopeless. And it's really been a journey towards living my life awake. And I love uh, a quote by Tim Keller um, where he talks about this, and I want to read you what he says. He says, Many people who are evidently genuine Christians do not demonstrate much concern for the poor. How do we account for that? I would like to believe that a heart for the poor sleeps down in a Christian soul until it is awakened. I believe, however, when justice for the poor is connected not to guilt, but to grace and to the gospel, this pushes the button down deep in believer souls, and they begin to wake up.
And I couldn't agree more because for me, it's, it's not about guilt or charity. If, if all we do is feel guilty about the needs of the world and, and the things that we see that we're not going to accomplish anything, it's about compassion and it's about justice and change. And this journey for me continues every day. It's a lesson I still continue to learn. It's a journey I'm still on to live my life awake. And I invite you to join me on it. You see, I hope that as you continue to listen to this podcast, that you can become more awake, more informed about the issues facing our world today. And my hope is that maybe you'll be inspired or challenged to use the unique gifts and abilities that I know you have to make a difference. And so if you're interested, if you want to learn more, if you want to continue to follow along, then I encourage you to check out my website at noelleyates.com. Um, there you'll find more podcasts and um, stories and pictures to go along with the podcast. You can learn about my book um, with the same title, Awake, Doing a World of Good One Person at a Time. Um, you can follow along on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, all with the same handle, Noel Yates. And next week on my next podcast, I'm going to be talking about justice. Uh, it's a theme that I'm very passionate about. I just returned from India and Thailand, and as I talk about that theme of justice, I'm going to weave in some of the incredible stories from my experience there. But I really just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for joining me on this very first podcast. And until next time, may we all find ourselves truly awake and doing a world of good. <laughs>